This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome, and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No! No, that, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain, and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. <laughs> anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care, so don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> People asked for Rich Kleiman to have a microphone this time. Mic'd up. Because everybody said they were tired of hearing you from 15 feet away. <laughs> they might be so, tired of hearing me. <laughs> so look, we've done this three times. We've talked about every possible thing we could yeah. ever talk about. And we have a wrinkle this time. I asked the listeners to send mailbag questions for you. Oh, I can't wait. This is an AKA, ask Kevin anything. But before we get into it, um, there, was a, there was like a minor NBA trade yesterday. Minor, um, very minor. Minor, the uh, the Celtics and Cavaliers decided to switch some players. Kyrie Irving is now a Celtic. Isaiah Thomas is on the Cavs, so is Jake Crowder. Um, there were rumors about this. You can't, you can't pick that up. In the, can you pick that up? Yeah, it's a little, people are playing video games upstairs. It's fine. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, don't worry. You it's know, fine. It's noise everywhere. People, yeah, people are Always. adults. So... Um, there were rumors about Kyrie and LeBron and things had fallen apart. Kyrie wanted to be traded. Did you think they, he was actually going to get traded? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I figured it was real once I heard it, you know, and um, once Woj tweets at anything, it's real. Oh, so you believe Woj every time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty accurate. God, how do I get to that level? Um, I'm get to that Woj level. I didn't believe it was because they didn't like each other, though. Yeah. So what do you think it was about? I... I heard Richard Jefferson say something that was really, really interesting. Um, and he kind of, what he said was like, Kyrie, to me, what I get from him is Kyrie is just a pure basketball player. He, he like, crafted his skills since he was, like, eight, nine years old. You can just tell the way he plays. Like, nobody plays like him. Yeah. So he's a pure basketball player. Like, he probably played playground ball. He probably, His pops probably took him to the roughest neighborhoods and threw him out there on the basketball court and just told him to just go play. So he built up the love for the game. So when you're around LeBron James, it's like, it's so much, so much that comes with that. It's like so much outside, like distractions and conversations and just noise that just comes around just from being around LeBron James. And Kyrie at the point, like, all right, we lost the championship. This whole season is going to be about if LeBron is going to leave or not. Like, I'm ready for a new challenge. Like, all that stuff kind of met at the pinnacle of, you know, why he wanted to leave. And it just felt like he just wanted a situation where he could just be free from all of that and just play. Right. And it's a perfect system for him in Boston. It's like a perfect fit. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a 6'3", like Isaiah Thomas, basically. And Isaiah just thrived in that system. and. Then he got Gordon Hayward and, and Al Horford that's gonna be able to make plays for him too. It's gonna to be it's gonna be pretty pretty sweet. I think it was a great deal. Now, but I just think Kyrie at that time, he just wanted a place that he can just focus on just playing basketball and not worry about the other drama that comes with. You playing. can identify with that, right? Oh yeah, for sure. 
He just like when you just love to play the game, like the NBA kind of, you know, adds so much baggage on top of it from the business side to the media, just to like everything. And like when you just want to play and not worry about that stuff, you try to find a place where you could do that. And Kyrie, um, I'm sure he had to know that he was going to Boston. It was he wasn't blindsided at all. So I'm sure he was okay with going to Boston and wanting to go to Boston. And well, I'm sure there was a couple teams that were sniffing around and yeah, his agent can control okay it. it. Yeah, I'm not going to resign there in two years exactly. if you do it, that kind he of could, stuff. Yeah, exactly. He had he had a little bit of control. Yeah. So, like, and that's a great organization, winning organization, great coach, just a great coacher. And he's like, all right, let me try this out. He did what he's supposed to do in Cleveland. It's on to the next chapter. I, I, I can really appreciate what he did. He stood up for himself. He showed a lot of courage, man, because – you know, it's hard to take that type of, like, criticism. Right. You know what I'm saying? When you just want to play ball. Yeah. You know, so I, I feel him on that. Do you think there was a small part of it that he found out he that they were trying to trade him or at least shop him a little bit last they month? They were? I think Before they were, yeah. Before this whole stuff came about? I think they were, yeah. Oh, they were? I think so. Why? Yeah. Like I think he's they... unguardable. Yeah. You said, so the last time we did this... You were we were talking about him versus Allen Iverson, yeah, which somehow I, you said so many so many more interesting things than that in the pod. Yeah, I and then know, people that's... are like, "Katie thinks Iver is." Who, See, said, who said that was going to be a big thing? Rich, Yo. Rich yeah, said that. Bro, you good yeah, at that? that's now you have a mic. Now we can listen to you. Um, no, but li- I thought it was a great debate. It was, but I wasn't comparing like no. stories and legacy. Like a lot of people came to me on Twitter was like, Iverson led this team. With nobody, no stars to the finals. I'm like, all right, that's a team thing. I'm talking about individual players. Like, yeah. If you look at down the line, I'm not talking about like leadership and um, clutch and that stuff is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about can he dribble, pass, can he shoot? Yeah. How many moves he got? How efficiency. He move, efficiency. Like, who's better at that stuff? Then we'll, the other stuff, you'll figure that stuff out. That's what, that's a good debate on Twitter. But you talk about straight basketball skills. That's what I was talking about. And Kyrie has somehow weirdly become underrated, even though he was in three straight finals. I was making the case for him before the Celtics traded for him, just because I was going to those games, and this is one of the, one of the reasons this came up last time. So I was like, this guy's amazing. Yeah. And you see it in person. You see his ability to just chain hand. He never gets blocked, as you pointed out. Yeah. Um, the the greed difficulty of the shots he makes. I'm excited to see him a little bit more unleashed. And I really think it's not not about the man. He he wants to be in charge of things. He doesn't want to be LeBron's sidekick over, oh, oh, now you get to be involved in this play, which I'm sure you identify with a little bit. Just Uh, the concept of, man, sometimes it's nice to know if you can run your own team. I wouldn't, nah, I wouldn't say that. It's just a, this is the fact that you want some structure. You want to. So you think it's about structure, not about. Yeah, it's about like the coach needs to find like what what do you want me to do? Like, do you need me to score? Do you need me to pass? Do you need me to just play defense? Like, tell me what you need me to do, and also tell the other guy what you need him to do. Yeah, and then tell the next guy, and then the next guy, so we can define some roles, so we can figure out, you know, what position to put this guy in because he's best at maybe shooting corner threes or yeah, yeah. being at the dunker spot or setting pick and rolls like. When you just have no structure and no type of flow and it's like, go create force, Kyrie, LeBron, Kevin Love. You don't think like, there's a small part of it, though, where it's... It's not being a He man. hears like, well, of course Kyrie's good. He plays with LeBron. That's why he's good. I mean, he's got to sure hear, hear that. that stuff. I mean, you hear it. Is, I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to, you know, quiet that noise. But at the end of the day, like, 
you still got to go play every day. So you yeah. want to have a good environment where you want to play as far as, like, you want some type of structure. You want to learn the game at a different level. You want to kind of challenge yourself to fit in with a team and use your skill set a different way. Like, so there, Kyrie there, reminds me of myself just from the outside looking in. I'm sure, I may be wrong on all these things, but from the outside looking in, being around him for, for a month or so, like he reminds me of myself as far as just loving to play the game, just wanting to learn it and try to get better at it every day. I can, I can feel that. I can sense that in him. One thing I've learned from at least spending a little time with basketball players over the years, you can sense when certain guys carry a level of respect with the players versus like guys like me who aren't out there playing. But there's certain guys where the other guys are like, no, that guy's legit. Like that guy, there's something about that guy. And it seems like Kyrie has had that for a while where in the community he carried a weight. Kyrie got like a really a cult following amongst like amongst the amongst the players, the players and like the younger generation, like they love Kyrie. Yeah, they, the like, shoes help. I think the, the shoes, shoes have been but just his just his game. I'm telling yeah. you, his game is just like so fun to watch. It's so shifty. It's like, what is he going to do next? They love him. I'm pumped. At the same time, I loved Isaiah Thomas, and I mean, I got a bunch of questions about this, so I can just combine them into one question. But a lot of people are saying, ask KD. This is like you took all this shit when you left Oklahoma City and went to Golden State. It's like you weren't loyal to Oklahoma City. That mm-hmm. what, what, and now this is the flip side of it. This is yeah. Isaiah Thomas, who became a franchise guy in Boston, who played hurt, who played the day after his sister died, or two days after, yeah. comes in, who played that two playoff series in a row with like a screwed up hip. Yeah. and was a great Celtic, and people loved him, and everyone wore his jerseys, and they, and they traded. just traded him. Yeah. So there is no loyalty in sports is the moral of the story. I, I thought we all knew that. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real. I don't think people did. I thought we knew that. Yeah. It's been happening for years. Guys have been getting traded in their sleep for years. Guys have been, like, getting their shitty end of the stick for years. I mean, organizations been – some guys have been fucking over organizations too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's no loyalty in it. It's business. It's money involved. There's <laughs> money involved. So There's loyalty. Trying to, it's trying to get it's, – it's loyalty to people. It's loyalty to like – That's what I was going to sure say, those the teammates. Yeah, those, those relationships that you had with like – sure, with trainers and teammates and anybody in the organization, that's, that's loyalty. You know what I mean? That's friendship. That's relationship. That's something that's going to last forever. But – when it comes to numbers on the paper, name on the paper, like at the end of the day, that trumps everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I gotta does this dude fit into our salary cap or into our into our plans? Nah, let's see what we can get for him. Like, that's just a part of the game. But it you didn't know that when you came into the league in 07. Um, I knew it, but I didn't think it was like I didn't know exactly that that it was really just a <clears throat> I thought it was like 50 50, you know what I'm yeah. saying? With like emotion and like business. Like, I want to trade this guy. I've been knowing him for nine years. Right. You know what I'm saying? But then at the end of the day, it's like, no, nah, we need this spot or we need this money. We got to move him. He still is, at the end of the day, he's going he gonna to fit, he's going to get it. It's a part of business. So nowadays, when players leave, it's just part of business. I spent five years ago, I spent the whole day with Bill Russell. And part of the things I was obsessed with that we built this documentary we did around him was, the fact that he's still not mad at Boston, but doesn't feel a connection with Boston. Yeah. 
Really? And there's a variety of reasons for it. You know, they didn't, they didn't really love the Celtics when he played. They treated black players terribly in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. He was not treated great. And he reached a point where he was just like, my loyalty was to the guys I played with in the locker room. I don't feel loyalty to Boston, which is weird to hear when he won 11 titles yeah. in 13 years in Boston. But he was just like, look, I'm loyal to Kuzi and Heinzen and all those guys. The city, just the city I played in. Mm. That was shocking to me. Uh, now, that's, a, that's an extreme that is, example. Yeah, that is, um, that is shocking. But I think the, the relationships, I think, what is what seems to endure the most. Now, you have some exceptions. Like Paul Pierce, I think, really loves Boston and had a real connection with that city. If he won a championship, if he wouldn't have won a championship, you thought he would have felt the same connection? Probably not the same. Okay, then. I so think we would have loved them, but... That's just business. Yeah. Probably not the same. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we did, I mean... That, some players that love where they play, you know, they really love the organization, and that's that's amazing. You know what I'm saying? I love where I play. I love the organization. I love the owners. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I know what's important. You know what I'm saying? And it's not being selfish. It's just like you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Players make decisions based on, on solely on money. So why can't you make a decision based solely on how you feel or the environment you want to be in? So it's like... Why not have a your you know why not dictate your future? They do it in the the organizations do it, try to do it. So why can't you do it? Somebody forwarded me a tweet that you liked on yeah. Twitter about about it was basically this loyalty question, which I thought was interesting. Because you realize when you like something on Twitter, people realize people know that you liked it. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. We there was a big debate on the Ringer staff whether you were the NBA's social media MVP this summer. I should be. You did. You really started real, like ten. Man. You started like ten news cycles. I keep it real. <laughs> I mean, I used to think that, man, man. Let me make sure I watch what I say about this or that. At the end of the day, it's all jokes to anybody. I mean, everybody anyway. They yeah. make jokes about this, whatever goes on in this world anyway. So I mean, in this basketball world anyway. So why can't I just chime in and, you know, tell people? You how I there were some people that made runs at the title too. Oh, I mean, but there's three weeks left in the me. summer. They're not as real as me. Hassan Whiteside had his whole CSI parrot thing. That's not. That that's, was big. That's uh, that's that's manufactured. I'm, what else happened, Tate? Who are the other contenders? Katie's Katie's have big lead. There's still three weeks left. So I'm just authentic, man. Yeah. What is it about using all the different pieces of social media that you seem like you have especially embraced this summer? Oh, uh, it's just different ways to communicate. I think on. Through uh, YouTube, it's kind of easy to see the comments and just kind of scroll through and like them. Yeah. Um, Twitter, On Twitter, you're like going at people. Twitter, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> Rich, what did, Rich, what do you think of this? You can't joke on. I can. I mean, he doesn't like it. Hassan Whiteside was the runner-up. No, I'm just listing candidates. Oh. So, Rich, you don't like when he does all this social media stuff. Uh, or you get worried? No, no, no. I'm with it. I'm with it now. I needed to understand. He just it. said you didn't like it because I didn't. I used to question it. I used to ask him why. I used to ask him why about certain things he said and did. But you know, he's going to do and say what he wants anyway. So I just understood where he was coming from. But the, I, you, I, the I, YouTube I, stuff, I love. I mean, that's our baby. But on right. Twitter, I realized like that's that's him, and and then that's just him. You know. That's See, perfect. I'm hoping he becomes an example because he's just candid, and people are used to it now. So when you say stuff, not to compare you to like somebody like Barkley, but Barkley reached a point on TNT where he just said his opinion and people were like, oh, that's Barkley. He just, he says stuff. That's what he does. You have now 
gravitated toward that point, which I think is a good place yeah, to be. Not, not, Most guys are afraid. Who don't are say spot. Barkley because he's no, like that's why ninety-five percent wrong. Like, well, but I'm at least I knew you I'm were not going to like that. Eighty-seven, eighty-six percent right. <laughs> I knew you were going to like that, but you know what I mean. People are like, "Oh, that's Barkley. He's not afraid yeah, to yeah, say yeah, things." Yeah, but he's always wrong. Man, you and the old guys, you just feud with the old guys. No, I love, come on, man. I'm a, I'm a. You know who got really mad? Really mad? Uh, James Worthy. Yeah, we solved that, though. I'm sorry, James. Yeah, I think. Big mix up. That's our boy. Oh, we're apologizing to James Worthy now? That's our boy, yeah. That's our boy. Big game, James. All right. Sorry, big game, James. Got a lot of mailbag questions here. These are some good ones. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. This is great. You're going to love this. From Matt DeLuna, was there a player who balled you up in your rookie or second year that you feel like you could totally beat now and it's kind of annoys you? Um, <clears throat> Somebody that took it to you when you were a rookie. Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay took it to you as a yeah. rookie. Yeah, Rudy Gay. Did you get him back? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Plenty of um, times. Franco D wonders, what do you think when you hear player evaluations like Brandon Ingram is going to be the next Kevin Durant do you appreciate it or do you get annoyed that people think there's going to be another Kevin Durant? I appreciate it. I appreciate it, especially when it's, uh, when it's accurate. Somebody like uh, Brandon Ingram. Brandon, Brandon so you, Ingram feels like it looks like he play, he can play like me. and We have similar builds. But most, some of the times I'm like, it's hard to compare a guy to Myers Leonard or um, Darren Collison when, you, when they come into the draft. It's all right. Those guys are really good players. They make right. a lot of money. So... You don't have to compare them to stars. You put you, you the expectations, man. That, that that can kill a player. And you know, you compare somebody to LeBron James when they coming out of high school or college, and you gonna just they gonna you expect them to be LeBron James when they not really gonna be LeBron James. So start comparing these guys to some solid players once in a while. I think Jason Tatum's gonna be the next Paul Pierce. That's a fair comparison. <laughs> There's a new, new Kevin Durant they're talking <laughs> I about. I think you're mad at that. Kevin, Who's... Uh, Kevin Knox, Kentucky kid. That's who they're saying. Is the Kevin, Kevin Knox Durant. is the new Kevin Durant? Really? Yeah, 6'9". Uh, see, I mean, now I mean, he's going to leave the podcast and <laughs> go on nice? YouTube. Hey, ain't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. Me and you. Porter's um, Porter's nice. What do you consider... This is from Drew Kells in New York. What do you consider the all-time what-if moment in your career? Choice A. Blazers draft you over Odin. Choice B, Harden does not get traded. Mm. Choice C, Clay does not go off in game six, 2016. Mm. Choice D, Zaza falls into your leg, and instead of whatever injury you had, it's actually worse and you miss the rest of the season. What's the one that haunts you? Or what's the one that you say, thank God that went the other way, or, oh, man, what would my career have been like if it had? I say B. B. Harden. Interesting. So you finally come around to my side after yeah, five years. Yeah. You're mad yeah, at me. I, I used to. I told somebody the other day. I was like, I used to hate when he used to bring that up. <laughs> like, damn. I know. We know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Just relax. This will be like four years later. What about the Harden guy? All right, Bill. No. I. I that's watched. How, that's what I felt like. They're showing a lot of old games on NBA TV. God bless them, the Hardwood Classics. Mm-hmm. And they showed game two of the 2012 finals when you guys were babies, but you made the finals anyway. Yeah. It's amazing to watch the three of you guys out there together against LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. Because everyone was saying this finals, oh my God, so much talent. 
No, there was, was just as much talent in that finals. It's just you guys were young. You weren't the guys you Man, would we become. Coming, yeah, but we don't, don't, don't got to talk about that. You got fouled on the baseline. We got to talk about that. Did, can you admit you got fouled? You're not going to find for that. I still should have made that shit. But it, you did get fouled on the baseline. They didn't call it. It wasn't All right. a foul. All right. Um, the last TV show you were obsessed with. That's from Nicole in Washington. Last TV show. Billions. Oh, Billions. Yeah. Are you going to be in Billions? I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I hope Rich? So. Yes. Yes? Could could you and Axe invest in something together? Yes, we were trying to figure That's out. That's the plan. Don't give the plot away. <laughs> Shit. Could Ozark. So, Ozark. Something goes wrong? You got to watch Ozark, too. Yeah, I got to watch Ozark. You keep telling me about Ozark. You're going to be... So, Billions or Ozark? No, I watch Billions. He's telling me about in Ozark. In Billions, watch Ozark. I'm friends with Brian Koppelman, who one of the guys who they created that us. show. They told us they raved about you. We he said, said you right. basketball players love billions. Yes, that was one of the hit. one of the one of the things they've learned. Um, Nicole also wonders. I saw you in a Morrissey T-shirt. What bands are you in that would surprise people? I'm not into them. Okay, you're just wearing the T-shirt. Love the T-shirt. Uh, nice. Sorry, Nicole. Sorry, it's not my. It's Greg Fallon wants to know who are the other four players from PG County. That you'd want to run with at the heights of their game. That's a good one. That's a great one. Um, Explain heights, to people what PG County is. Prince George's County, the hotbed for um, hoops, uh, right outside of Washington D.C. Demar Johnson. Okay. Early pre-accident, Demar like, Johnson. Yeah. Like Everybody said he was amazing. Like right out, right Cincinnati. Like first couple years in the league, Demar Johnson. Um. Was Delante from that area? Delante was. Yeah, he was. He was he was nice in high school. He was right? late bloomer though. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was he was a late bloomer. He didn't come on to like his right when he that year he had in college, that's when he came on. He was killing. I he see was, you can't even he was good. Yeah, I'll take D West as my point. You see, so you can't even get to four guys. Can you get to four guys? Yeah, D West my point. Okay. And then Tamar Johnson is gonna be the two. Yeah. I guess and I'm the three, right? You can be whatever. Yeah. You played five in the finals. I think we can move you I'll around. I'll be the three. Um, man, so many I'm missing because there's so much. Oh, so you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah, now. but the guys that I know kind of grew up on, Mike Sweetney. It's nice. Mike Sweetney, number nine pick. Mike Sweetney. It's tough. We need a center. I actually thought he was going to be a good pro. I don't know what happened there. He yeah. he was in that At era that where there were physical yeah, power yeah, forwards. Yeah, yeah. He was one of those Like guys. nowadays, he wouldn't be able to. I don't know where he would play. He'd be a nice little bruiser if he get the, you know. If like he a little like center? Toned up a little bit. Yeah. Be a nice bruiser, quick feet, you know. But um, You have a fifth? Fifth. We can come back to yeah. Uh No, you got you to throw Mike Beasley in there. Oh, Bees. That's, that's a great team. Where's Ty Lawson's not from there? He is, but. Yeah, that was Comes off the bench. Hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he got to come. Delonte West over Ty? Yeah, you just oh, trying to hurt Tate. Oh, got length on that team. He's trying to hurt Tate. Hey, I will remind you, Delonte West in the 2008 playoffs was the second best player in the Cavs. He was really West good in that. West was nice, man. He was good in that series. Uh, Tony wants to know, who's winning McGregor versus Mayweather, and will you watch it? Uh, Mayweather's going to win. Um, probably, yeah, I'll probably watch it. I feel like I you have to, right? I don't really care about it, but. It's not going to be a good fight. Yeah. I don't think you're going to miss much. Uh, Russell, no relation, asks, are you and Westbrook friends again? Uh, I, don't, I don't think we ever stopped being friends. We just stopped talking, but I don't think we ever stopped being friends. 
So you're talking again? Not talking, no. But I mean, I don't think any. It's no problems. It's not like okay. we, you know. But I don't. I don't think we ever stopped being friends. All right. Um. Jake Albright, the Thousand Oaks said, "I saw you sitting next to LeBron and Kevin Love at Nike Skills Academy, and aside from the usual, I see you respect Dap." Do NBA stars actually enjoy being in the presence of their rivals? That's a good uh, question. Yeah. Rich like, is almost two thirds engaged yeah. at this point. He's really enjoying this. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather be <laughs> I'd rather be around some great basketball players than anybody else, to be honest. Uh, so the rivalry thing, you kind of put it not, on the side during the summer. Oh, I don't really believe in rivalries, man. It's just a it's just a healthy, healthy, fun competition, I think. Is that why we hang so much? <laughs> uh, I guess. Rich, you great usage rate right now. Rich is two for two. You said some great picks. Um, when you saw LeBron for the first time after the finals, what happened? I uh, just dapped him up. All right. Pat from Minneapolis wants to know, after your recent tour to India... What surprised you most about your time there? Where did it make you want to travel next? It made me, it made me want to go to uh, Mumbai. Uh, I want to say Goa. Is that Goa? Is we supposed to where uh, one of the guys was telling us? It made me want to explore a, bit, a little bit more in that area. Um, Delhi was a part that was, uh, you know, just felt like it was under. You know, it was a little different than. The bigger cities. It was a smaller city. It was yeah. more, you know, I guess compact. You know, uh, in one area, it felt like it was a lot of people in one area. Uh, but as far as you know, other other parts of the country, I would love to explore. I heard so much about it. Uh, I know I, what I said back in when I came back from there was a little got some people upset. But I'm really, I really, really do want to go back and explore a little bit more. I was only there for two days. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Todd Stoop wants to know, how many pairs of shoes do you go through during a season? Do you wear your game shoes in practice to break them in? And do you use a special insole? Mm -hmm. This is an obscure question that I was like, I can't wait to hear the answer for this. No, that's a really good question, though. Yeah, thank I you. I would want to know that. Yeah. All right, um, so what are the answers? I usually go to probably, I go through probably like five, six pair a year. Five, six a year? Yeah. So like one a month? Yeah, I don't like switching out a lot. How do you know that it's time for the shoe to go? Usually when um, when my orthotic, so I wear insole in my shoe when I broke my foot. I never used to wear them until I broke my foot. Right. And I had to wear them to relieve the pre take the pressure off the outside of my foot where I broke it. So I wear insole. And so now you're used to the insoles. Yeah, love them now. Perfect for me now. Should um, you have always had them? I should have. I wore them in college, and once I finished in college, I never put them on again. And I was just out in there. I was just playing for the last, what, eight years, just bare. <laughs> yeah, that messed my foot up bad. But I wear insoles, um, and I usually change my shoes once my insoles start to uh, wear to the, I usually wear my insoles down to, like, the, to the, um, to the, to the plastic. That's how, I, yeah, I wear oh them for God. a month straight, and they start to rub to the plastic. And once they start to rub to the back <laughs> side of my foot, I know it's time to change my shoes. Uh, the, the AKA is really on fire right now. Um, Matthew Chapman wants to know, he's from Montreal, which historical team do you think would have given the 2017 Warriors the most fits? You got a list or you want me to just... No. Probably Grab somebody from history. The 16-1 and one team, the Laker team, would have been tough because Shaq was just big. 
Oh, yeah, my first instinct was to say the 96 Bulls because they could have matched up athletically. <laughs> but that, that I came to the same conclusion you bigger. did. That team, like, you need some size to, to get. Uh, and But they were bigger, and Kobe was in rare form. But we got a lot of length. So like, they, we had they, a lot of quickness on that perimeter. I don't think they could have stopped. And we could have threw a couple guys at Kobe, but it would have been tough. I think it would have come down to offense versus offense, and you guys would have made more threes. You just would have given Shaq. Oh, yeah, you would have fouled him sometimes. Put Shaq in pick and roll, a lot yeah. of pick and roll. We would have put Shaq in a lot of pick and roll, make him just guard, um, make him guard Steph, me, Clay coming off pick and rolls, and we would um, we would double him every time he got the ball and make him try to pass, make him be a passer because nobody doubled him. Well, one like hard doubles. I'm talking about as soon as he catches the I think the, ball, the rules though. were slightly different back then, though, right? Wait, Didn't they tweak them? I think they tweaked them after. Oh, they might have tweaked them after that no, season. we would double as soon as he catch that shit. Yeah, I don't think that there wasn't the same kind of doubling. It would, Like, some guys couldn't play against us, though. Who would guard you, Kobe or Rick Fox? Right? Probably Fox. Rick Fox, I would say. Kobe, some Hori. Kobe would have to chase Clay around. Hori would, have, Hori would have taken you, too. It's Ori. It's a silent H. I always call him Hori. Okay. That's just what I do. I did a podcast with him and called him. I, I have like mental pronunciation blocks with things. Yeah. I think the 96 Bulls would have been fun because they would have played Rodman at center. Yeah, they, they would have played Pippen at power forward and ta- against you. Then maybe you battle. go to five. That would have been a battle. See, we, we would do. Plus, you would have been playing your coach. That would have been weird. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> super weird. We'd have. We'd have um, put him in side pick and roll every time. Well, so I was texting with him about that. And he, because I was saying, would you have been better off now or in the area you played? <laughs> and he said he was better off then because now he's going against Russell and Kyrie. Yeah. There's 17 guys in the league that would have been a nightmare. I don't think they had as many back then. No. But, but he was saying that, first of all, Ku Coach would have been amazing. Because he would have been like Joe cool Engels, coach. like better Joe Engels. Joe cool Engels coach. is good. At 6'10", at the yeah. four, though. Shooting threes? Yes, he'd have been a matchup problem. And then he was saying that Jed Boosler would have been good. Jed Boosler was probably about 6'7". So he said he could guard at either forward spot, and he would have shot threes, and he would have been a totally different player. Ron, Harper. Ron guard, Harper was a yeah. great defender. Right, but you would, you would have left Ron Harper open. He can't shoot. Yeah. No, he can't you would shoot have, You would have played seven feet but off. Played, Steve Kerr didn't start at the one. No, Ron Harper did it was Steve, it was a little Steve Kerr. They really depended on the matchup. Sometimes yeah. they just had Pippen at power forward. But against point us, forward. they would start Harper so he can guard Steph because he's bigger and longer. And then they would put Jordan on Clay and Pippen on me, and probably and then Rodman on Draymond. And when we go small, they would bring in Price. Um, they couldn't bring in Steve Kerr, Bushler. Well, they they wouldn't have been able to play one and no, ten or Longley. Cool coach than the big. They had to like play Longley. Long they had to play a center against us because we yeah. got Zaza. Luke Longley. So the series would have come down to when Rodman and Draymond got in the fight, how many t- how many games each guy got thrown out. Oh, they were for sure fight. That, that would have been be bad. A, that would be a great rivalry. That would have been good. That probably would be better than Carl Malone and, and Dennis Yeah. Rodman. I think the 0-1 Lakers, I thought that was the best Lakers team, the second title team, that because Kobe was fully Kobe at that point. Yeah. And Shaq was still great. That was the yeah. team that went, you, you said it, 16-1 or 15-1, whatever it was. I think they would have been good. Uh, oh, here's another sneaker question. Jeff from New Jersey. How much design input do you have on a signature sneaker? What's the process like? Are you actually involved in this or no? Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, they kind of give me a, a blueprint. 
or what they want to do and how they want to kind of go about telling my story through my shoes. So they kind of like, here, this is what we got first. And then we kind of kind of build off of that. So now, Is there a new one coming? Yeah. No, uh, well, we got our, the ones that came out in the finals. Those going to last us all the way up until next year. Okay. So, yeah. Another historical question from R. Casey in San Antonio. If you could join any historical NBA team from before when you played, mm-hmm. which team would you pick? Just get to slide on a team. This is a good hardcore NBA junkie question. Teams that needed threes. I have my answer for you after. Right, I want to hear Me it. too. Oh, you have an answer. I would take worthy worthy spot on those teams with magic. Ooh, poor James. He can't win in this podcast. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> just that that. We got to call him. Oh, you, know, you told me. I'm sorry, James, but that no, team was how about fun. You they were four running. and get Rambus on the bench. Boy, yeah, nah. we'll do that. Oh, yeah, you could have done that. Worthy at the four, I played the three. So you could have done 85 Lakers, Kareem, Byron you, Scott. Byron Scott, Magic, and Worthy. Oh, Ooh. my gosh. That's length. And we was moving them, too, running them. We was getting out of the glass and pushing. And Magic ain't had nobody else who can get off the glass and push like me. So That would have been good. I, I had the 93 Suns, too, because it would have been fun to see you play with Barkley. No, nah, I couldn't play with Barkley. <laughs> he wanted to post up all game and tell everybody stand around. No. <laughs> Um, Just you want to know who I had? Yeah, who did you have? Yeah, oh yeah, we forgot to ask Rich. Ewing, Oakley, uh, KD. Man, that's Listen, so Ewing, sad. Ewing, Oakley, KD, Starks, Derek Harper. Uh, I'm not rolling with that mob. Or this one, Mark Jackson, Gerald Wilkins, Kevin Durant, Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewing. You need, the, 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 you couldn't play with all the big guys. They Gerald clogged Wilkins. the lane. Gerald Wilkins. He was older at that time, though. No, when he was on the Knicks, he was nice. You're talking about the early 90s? Like Patino the teams. Young, oh, the Patino teams were fun. Yeah. Young Ewing. Mike from Dartmouth. Best Skirvin Hotel ghost story <laughs> you've heard from another NBA player about coming to OKC? I heard D. Rose when they came his second year in the league. He made a rookie sleep on his floor because the year before, he said he felt somebody touch him or something like that. That's what I So he heard. made a rookie sleep in the room? So he, the next year he made, I think it was James Johnson might have been sleep on his floor. James Johnson, the Miami James Johnson? Yeah, I heard that. Because <laughs> that's heard a good that guy to battle a ghost. True or not. Yeah, I heard he made him sleep on the floor. That was funny as hell to me. I got it. I got, the ghost came in my room. I, I, I never believed in ghosts, but that I happened. for a month when I first got there and I didn't, I had no, I wasn't scared of anything. I didn't feel nothing there. I think you have to be on the floor. That the ghost jumped out the window of in no, 1920. I heard, I heard it was just the whole hotel was like. Yeah, the ghost. Oh, they moves mess around. with people. Yeah, because the ghost jumped from the top floor, but the ghost moves around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure she does. I can't wait for the answer to this question. By the way, the listeners were like, the listeners right now are saying, I was, I didn't think this mailbag was going to work, but I'm, they're enjoying it. I can tell. And Kevin's locked in right Kevin's now. Kevin's locked in. I'm he loves this. Yo, in. you are locked. This is good. In. We can go for hours. Solid, right? Incredible. Um, Luke Maring wants to know who is the last person to beat you one v one. My guess would be Westbrook. No, we never played one on one. You never played one on one with Westbrook? Not like after practice, like not like like that. Oh, I would play with like Dion and Anthony Morrow. I would cook them. <laughs> um. 
I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember losing one on one a series because I don't play just one game and we're done. Like it's usually like three or four games. Five so maybe game, Texas five game series, seven game series. You know, DJ Augustine probably beat you a few times. No, not in Texas. No. All right. Um, so I don't even know that answer. Zachary Everett, this is a good question. I want to know the answer. Is how often and when exactly are NBA players drug tested? Four times a year, randomly. During at any point during the season? Yeah. It has to be four or could it be less than four? Um, sometimes it's three, I think. Sometimes guys get three. Because um, I always heard it's, one. It's, it's four tests. We take it's four tests from, I think, training. Not training camp. The start of first game, maybe. I don't know. Till finals. Because the story I always heard was after the fourth test, it's like, that's it. It's like your get out of jail free card. Oh. <laughs> Oh no! It's interesting that Zach would ask that. I don't know. I don't know what Zachary Everett is doing. Um, the NBA has a greater international influence. Asked Adam Green, "What's the best tradition or food from another culture you've been able to experience thanks to an international teammate?" You've had a few international teammates. Yeah, um, I never really never dove into the food. No, nah, not of the teammates that I had, no. Really? Okay. No. Nah. Should they widen the court by a foot on each side, why? asked Emmanuel Crosby. Why would they do that? It would allow for more driving lanes, larger no. gaps for defenders to cover, and also bring about this is the reemergence of the ball. mid-range. This is not slam ball. Yeah, I didn't this like that question either. arcade game. Yeah. Bayer, I don't know why how that's his name. must be a nickname. Bayer Hay. What's your craziest Team USA cruise ship story from Rio 2016? Oh, my. There had to have been a card game. What? We were uh, on a boat. We couldn't leave. Like, we couldn't leave. You were there t- like 24 own. hours a day, right? Yeah, Except for practice? Yeah, if you wanted people to come on, you had to get like 72-hour clearance. So it's just you guys hanging yeah, out. Who else is on team, the boat? The women's team. And then it would be like, it was some random people on there, too, that stayed on the boat. So we would have breakfast, supposed to be like just for the... Team USA, it'd be random people in there. But we would just drink, play cards. Uh, Who won the most we money playing cards? Deck. We were going to top deck, and um, they had these hot rocks for us, and we used to just make our own stakes. We did that every night. That was so fun to us. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. And we just, you know, drank beers and just play cards. We really just did that every day. Who Who do you think, if you, if there was a tally for cards, who did the best? Mellow. Mellow. God, there's so many mellows. Mello there's Olympic mellow. Cards. There's hoodie mellow. There's card mellow. Yeah, card mellow. He's got all these Boo identities, Ray Rich. Boo-ray mellow. Guts mellow. That's what we play. Boo-ray guts. Um, everybody everybody, everybody kind of did their thing, man. It was a long trip, so it was like you don't get a winner. And plus, we don't never stop. So whenever we see each other again, we're just going to pick the game back up. I don't right. think the game will ever end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not a clear winner. Did you guys hang out with the women's team at all? Yeah. Who was who was like the coolest woman on the women's team? Uh BG was she's the homie. We still we still talk. Oh, Griner? Yeah. She was cool, man. I liked her. Um Stewie. Um Brianna Stewart was cool. Uh I mean all of them were cool, but I had I talked to uh probably Sue Bird and, and the DT Diane Tarasi. I talked to them and BG probably more than anybody. 
Dana Taras is cool. She is. She's been and she a hooper. She can play. She's the she's by far the best women's player of all time. I don't know if somebody from this next generation can pass her, but she talks a lot of shit. Her and Draymond got oh, yeah. shit talking. What? Her and Draymond. About what? Just like just talking basketball shit. You ain't shit, Draymond. All you do is they give you the ball so you can pass it to somebody else. <laughs> it's like fuck you, DT. <laughs> But they're the best of friends. It was amazing. Oh, my God. Tommy, yeah. that's my new dream podcast. Draymond and Diana Taurasi together. Oh, my gosh. If you get that, that'll be next level. It's replaced KD and Perk yes. as my, as my yes. dream podcast. Get those two on. She's the best. Yeah. I, saw, I sat courtside for a Sparks game once, and she was trash-talking oh, everybody. And it was like some random regular season game. Yeah, she's the best, man. Which NFL player would have the best shot at successfully playing five minutes of NBA garbage time? This Jimmy this Graham a, played in college. Jimmy Graham. Julius Peppers played in college. Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates Tate. played in college. I knew Tate was going to get the, a Carolina. What's the cat from um from the um tight end they they uh they love in Dallas played Rico Gathers. He played in college. He can play. You know who is fantastic? Apparently, Aaron Hernandez. Oh, who's now so, in jail? Come no, on, man. No, I'm. I didn't say He's it to be a comedy jail. killer. He's dead. What? No, I'm saying in college. He was. Oh. They used to play the football team against the basketball team. He was pretty good. Yeah, the Tebow you know and Aaron Hernandez. Jermichael Finley was good. He well, was all nice. those six foot six tight ends. You would yeah. think they have balance and speed and yeah. size. Um, Caleb in Pennsylvania wants to know what is the most enjoyable basketball game you've ever been a part of. I don't think he means like winning the finals. Mm-hmm. I think he mm-hmm. me- thinks mm-hmm. he means just this game where you're like, wow, this is incredible. Everybody's playing great. Or it could be the Rucker Park game. I don't know. Oh, we played Miami in 2014 in Miami. We were down like 22 to 4. And me and Bron had like this, I want to say like two minutes just back and forth. He came down, hit a tough step back. I came down, hit a three. He came down, hit another step back in the corner. I came down, hit another three. We were going back and forth literally for like six possessions. And it was fun. It was so much fun because I've been wanting that. You know what I'm saying? And he took on that. He took. He He felt like. He seen me coming at him, and he's like, nah, let me gear up. So we wasn't even calling plays. Like, he'll make a shot and D-Fish. I seen D-Fish. I watched it again. He'll try to grab the ball. I was like, nah, let me see it. And same with Norris Cole. He's like, nah, let me see it. It was fun, man. That was your MVP year? Yeah. And I was in a good groove right? And at, at that point, too. I can remember that groove I was in. It was just like I was just feeling it. Like I was in a good spot mentally when I was playing. And, yeah, it was fun. Nick wants to know. How would your development as a player have changed if you were in a situation as a rookie like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown right now? High draft pick immediately thrown onto a team as a contender versus being used at the two guard like P.J. Cardellissimo did with you. Yeah, that's a good question. I would have just waited my turn. I just, you know. Playing like 20, I think you would have played like, let, let you put you on last year's Celtics team, you're playing 25 minutes a game. Maybe you're not starting. As a rookie? Yeah, maybe even more. 30? I, I, I averaged 20 a game as a rookie on Seattle. 30? I could play 30. Yeah, I was playing probably like 33 minutes at my rookie year. I was just trying to I was trying to ease no. you into the lineup. No. Nah. Yeah, yeah. I would I would I would wait my time. I probably wouldn't start to start the season or probably the first year. Would you have been a defensive liability that first year? 
Because you were you were pretty skinny. No, I that, could yeah. play defense, but if you if you don't tell me to do to play defense, then I'm gonna focus on what I do best, just right. like anybody else. So you gotta let me know this this how you want me to play, because <laughs> right. I'm focused on because all I did was work on my individual skills. So once a coach tells me, look, go play defense. All right, I know how to do that, and I'll score. But if you don't tell me anything, I'm just going. I suppose you just want me to score. So that's I take how it I back. My rookie year, you would have played more than 25. I take yeah. it back. Yeah. I'm trying to think how that lineup would look like. Yeah, you definitely would play crunch time at least. Um, what track best expresses your state of mind during the finals? This is from Corey in Jersey City. Nas hate me now. Mob deep shook ones part two. Tupac hit him up. Nas shoot him up. Hit him up. Hit him up. Really? Yeah. You had, you had that much going on. Yeah, I was yeah. Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that I played hit him up for my nine and a half year old son in the car the other day? No, great it's a thing. great thing. Great yeah, thing. I wanted him to understand. Yeah, he has to. He has to know the culture. It drives the world, especially. He had a lot of questions, especially hip hop culture. He needs to know it. Yeah, you should play takeover for him. He had a lot of questions after hit him up, like what what happened between those guys. I explained it's the whole thing. Interesting story. Too. Yeah, I explained. Did you see the Defiant ones? Oh, I watched it four times. It's inspiring. The part about uh, West Coast rap was unbelievable. The nineties. That that was one of the at best. That time, I didn't know at that time. Um, like when you start talking gangster stuff on records, like that was shocking everybody. Like really, actually, physically doing something to somebody over music. Yeah. Like I didn't know that was a shock to them. Like that was the first time them actually feeling that. Like oh shit, somebody might actually get pop. Like I didn't know they. That was something that they never seen before. So. When I watched the final ones, I was like, damn, now I know why it was so big. The Source Awards was was easily the most exciting award show moment of all time. And oh, Snoop diffused it. Yeah. Because like yeah. that, that could have been that could have been the biggest riot we've ever had at anything. Uh Dunner wants to know what does Kevin think? <clears throat> who does Kevin think is the best trash talker in the league right now? Oh, Tommy's head popped up. He liked that question. Draymond easily. Nobody don't talk. Nobody really don't talk against us, like like heavy like that. Because I'm used to KG and Paul Pierce. Like they set the bar. Yeah. Like you can't if you ain't talking shit like them, then you might as well not even say nothing. So Draymond is has the championship belt. Oh yeah. Are there any young up and comers that you have your eye on? Like is Giannis yelling at Greek at people yeah. or anything? Devin Booker talk a little. Devin Booker. I love Devin Booker, man. He 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 love the game and he like a dog. He'll talk shit. He'll like rough you up. He'll get up into you. Like he better watch out for that boy, <laughs> cause he is nice. He next. I'm telling you. Funniest warrior. David Poster wants to know. Funniest. Yeah. D West. David West. Funny. Really? How come? I was not expecting so, that answer. He's so serious and his stories are just like, man, off the wall. Like <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I believe it, though, because it's D-West. And how he describes it, man, he the, yeah, he a real OG. <laughs> I wish people, I wish I can follow D-West around with a camera and just get everything he says on my YouTube channel. We can. We can. What is D-West doing 10 years from now? Something interesting, oh, right? He's definitely going to have his, his hand in on his youth basketball team, on, on like his AAU team. I think he's gonna run that from the beginning. I think his thing is he wanna te- he wanna um 
he want to teach the, the the younger generation um, about the real part of basketball, like the NBA. You know what I'm saying? And how to kind of fend for yourself, but not be selfish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so he's he's one of your top three teammates of all time. Oh yeah. I mean, perk. I spent a year with him, but his knowledge and so he's like, on the perk his respect level. level. My respect level for him is yeah. Yeah, he sounds like a great teammate. Who is the core card playing group on the Warriors? David wants to know. That was his other question. Me, Steph, Javale, Javale, Draymond, but not Clay. Clay, um, Zaza, they play poker. I don't play poker with them. But when we first started bumping, it was me, Javale, um, Draymond, and Steph. But I can't play with Javale. Why, why not? Because man, he's just like like you playing a friendly card game. Like he really trying to win. Like we all trying to win. You get what I'm saying? But it's just like, I can't explain it because y'all don't play Like, he's boo. trying to cheat? Like, y'all don't play boo rate. Like, y'all don't play it, so you don't really know. But if, like, Draymond and Steph, um, they know what I'm talking about. So okay. So, this is for the Draymond and Steph. Like, he just don't know how I play. <laughs> but he uh, wins, though. That's what pisses me off. Josh from Maine wants to know, when was the first moment you really knew that you could be good enough at basketball to play in the NBA? How old were you? Rich likes this question. He's staring intently. I was super cocky at like 11. Oh, so you were rational? Deanne Raiders, rational confidence? Oh, no, I was like, I'm going to leave for sure. Nobody around here better than me. And then I met somebody that was better than me, and he humbled me. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be a little harder than I thought. So probably around like 16, I was like, oh, all right, they think I'm going to. You start showing up on those lists? Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at them too. NBA draftnet.com, NBA draft.net, all that. Draft Express. I was on that every day. If any young kids say they're not on that, they're a lie. I was on it every day. I had to know who was on the who's who was up there with me. Who were you where were you as a senior? I was number two in the country. Pian Odin? Yeah. Josh Coyne wants to know once upon a time you tweeted that you wanted to drink Scarlett Johansson's bathwater. Have you met her since tweeting that? If so, was she aware and was it strange? I hope she is aware of it. Um, it is strange now because I look really, it made me look crazy, but uh, now it made me look real cool because I, I would, I actually love Scarlett Johansson. Okay. And I would do that. Okay. I could get that done for you. <laughs> and she's single now. Is she single now? Yeah. Oh, man. I think so, from what I heard. Breaking all kinds of news here in the BS podcast. All right, we'll set that up. I just want to get invited to the wedding. John Sanchez wants to know, which rookie are you most looking forward to facing this year? That's a great question. It's a good rookie quest. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. I forgot that he's a rookie. I mean, he technically is. I know, but he's a rookie. You got yeah, him. I don't. I don't like. I mean, I know he ain't playing no games, but you're around the NBA life for a year. You're you're you know how you know how it is. Yeah, it's, you got a leg up on a rookie, so I don't. But I'm looking forward to playing against him. I'm excited to see you try to defend Jason Tatum's fallaway jump shot. Oh, if he make him over me, cool. But I'm let if he's shooting them from tough twos, I'll take it every time. <laughs> Jordan B wants to know: Is Hoodie Mello the best basketball player in the world? You played against Hoodie Mello. You played against him in a pickup game. His superpowers. I don't think he's the best, but he's damn good. So who's in that game in New York City? 
Because there was there's five yeah, and a half man, minutes of video. Some good players. It was me, Bron, <laughs> Melo, Ennis Cantor, um, Jr. was killing. Um, Dante Jones. Uh, Dante Jones. Did he hurt anybody? He was playing hard. We needed him on the court. Um, who else was out there? It was two freshmen from Kentucky. I forget the name. Dialu and Richard yeah. Richards. Yeah. Nick Richards. They were, they were whew, bouncy. Um, play hard too. So they were, they were balling, man. Some um, who else was there? Somebody else that was pretty good. How do you split the teams up? That's a question I've got a lot. Brickley did it. Brickley, I'm sure you know Brickley, who who uh, kind of started the whole hoodie mellow thing. Yeah. Who posted videos? So he, he just says, "You're over here. You're over here." Yeah, I just walked in. He was just like, "You mellow, um, such and such, Braun, Jr., and his, well, you know, and we just played." So you go like. Not half speed, but like two thirds speed. What do we mean? When you're playing in those games, well, go 100 percent. Go 100 percent. Bro, when you check ball up, we play. Nobody was out there walking around chilling. No, you like, talking? You talking shit? No, like shit talking. It happens, but it's not like a. As soon as the ball tip, fuck you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> We playing. If something happens, some something pop off, we gonna we gonna, you know what I mean? But we're gonna play. I ain't, I ain't, we don't do that. Who's the worst person at calling fouls anytime they don't make a shot or there's contact? Melo was Melo pretty bad at that. He got a lot better. Like a couple summers ago, he was really trying to rough the games because he was he had the gym, you know, and he he'd be on his power trip. Because that's shit. that's when it leads to the most yeah, argument. He, he'll call a bad foul and I'll be like, Melo, come on, man. But this time he was real cool because he probably he was making everything. <laughs> At this time, so. Rich, you can't blame him because the the Knicks franchise. You just learn bad habits, right? Rich is Come on, yo. I'm just trying to get Rich to stay awake. Yeah, yeah. Ben Moody wants to know what's your favorite NBA retro jersey. So, for example, you could pick the early '90s Hornets. I like the the, the purple Milwaukee Bucks joints with the buck on the the buck on the on the front. <laughs> with like the green, thing. oh, yeah. that, that was mean. They retroed them too a couple years ago. Mean. All right, here's a question just to wake Rich up. Lars G in San Francisco wants to know, what was the motivation behind using YouTube as your primary online platform to express yourself? Say I knew Rich would wake up for that. Well, I just wanted to control my content, and I want to just make content, for one. We always talked about that. We always had ideas and uh, wanted to kind of portray the game the way we wanted to portray it or you know, kind of drive my story the way I wanted to. And... Work with YouTube. They gave us, you know, good platform to do so. Man, we kind of took off. I didn't think it would be this big for me. You know, yeah. it's not huge. You know, but what's been the biggest success? We're grinding it up. Um, just the movie we dropped on there. The documentary is still KD. Got a what million and a half views almost. You know, so that's pretty cool. I got three hundred eighty thousand subscribers. I just got on. You know, so. Um, but yeah, man. Who asked that question? Numbers. Who asked that question? Uh, Rich, Rich from New York. <laughs> no, no, because Rich knows the answer. That, Lars from San Francisco. Yeah, tell Lars there's a bigger play. Lars will have to stay tuned. All right, for Lars, him. if you want to invest, Lars, Lars, hit me. Max from St. Louis wants to know why isn't there a one-on-one tournament in the All Star game, and if there was, would you enter it? That's a good question. I would. That would bring the the, the excitement back. But you can't get nobody to play no one-on-one game, and that gonna, nobody don't want to get hurt. You just told me you played 
100% in some random pickup game in New York City against Kentucky people. But you know how that stuff is. It's like I would play in a pickup game or um, in the summer, but I won't get risk getting hurt in front of a bunch Who's of people. Who's in the finals of that like game? You just don't want to get hurt in, the, in front of a, a bunch of people. I think that's On a Saturday night? Like, yeah. Like, you know, I think it's the fear of people saying, it's dumb he got hurt playing one-on-one at All-Star right. Weekend. Like, that's what... You know what I mean? That's what people fear. That's what guys fear, I'm sure. Are you in the finals of that tournament? Uh, yeah. Who are you I playing so. in the finals? Somebody my size. Okay. Kyrie would be tough to stop, though, man. New Celtic Kyrie. Now I'm even more excited. I'll be long. I'll be, I'm bigger than him, but well, the, Kyrie we got to have just, dribbles. We got to have a dribble, dribble in Kyrie would just take 29-foot fallaway footers and make them. And just yeah, keep moving one, further and further backwards. all the confidence in the world and yeah. all the space. Yeah, that'll be fun, though. We should do that.